0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. All right, again, family, welcome to our family life class. Again, like I said, we're wrapping up this uh, this series around ministering to the family, spirit, soul, and body. And my portion of this is dealing with the body and subtitle, The Body is for the Lord. And so in this teaching, my, my main objective here is to discuss what is the standard of the body and what each member of the family unit responsibility is in the role of the body. And the thing I, I covered before is understand it's about your body. Your body is an expression of what's going on in your spirit and your soul. And all the discussions before, the teachings before around the spirit and the soul, again, outstanding teachings, go back and listen to them. Um, But when it comes to the, the soul and the spirit, you really don't see it. Right? It's something that you can't really touch. Right? But the body shows what's going on in your spirit in your soul. It gives indications that something is off or something is going on right. Your body will let you know. And your body is an instrument that you use to perform the intentions of your spirit and your soul. So how can I see what's going on in your spirit? How can I see what's going on in your soul? Well, you use your body to to give forth the intentions of what's happening. And I think that is so important for us to understand. And the whole of man is always spirit, soul, and body. That's the whole of man. That's who man is. We are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. So as believers, what is the standard for our body? And we begin to teach on this. And you can go there in Romans chapter 12. For believers, those that are born again, those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. What is the standard for your body? Romans 12, <clears throat> let me get there. Starting in verse number 1. It says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you can see here in this passage of Scripture, the standard for your body is that you present it. So again, we talk about this, right? Your body, you have to present your body. Your body is not you. The real you is outside of this body. You know what I mean? This, this body represents the whole of man, part of the spirit, soul, and body. But you, you have control of this body. Never forget that. Right? Your body doesn't dictate to you what to do. You dictate to the body what it's going to do. So it's saying you have to present your body. Again, you are inside. You are here. The real you are is here. It's in here. It's in this body. That body is just a shell. And you see that when we, when we talk about before around death. You see it at the times of the funeral, right? All you see is a shell. There's a casket using it in front. And there's a body that's there. But the real you is gone. So now now you really understand there's a, a separation. That the real you is there. You, you are there to present your body. And as believers, you have to present your body as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. And we got into these things about living sacrifice means you have to discipline and buffet your body. Because your body is a living organism. It's going it's to resist you. The body before you got born again, all your body knew was sin. So now you got to retrain your body. Rediscipline your body. And it's gonna put up a fuss every time. It's not gonna line up with you. The the body is not going after the Spirit of God. The body is all about its own self satisfaction, own self gratification. That's what the body is about. The body is about me. That's all the body wants. Whatever feels good, whatever tastes good, whatever smells good, uh, you know, that's what your body wants it. And it wants it all the time. It wants it so bad that even at night while you're dreaming, your body's like, ah. Oh, Let's get some of this. Let's do some of that. It wakes you up. We hungry. We thirsty. We want to get into some bondage. Your body does that. So the body is always about self-satisfaction. But you have to buffet it. Discipline it. And you got to, means that you got to deny your body the things that are not holy. You have to deny your body. It sounds funny when I would say you have to deny your body the things that are not holy. And again, and that are not acceptable to God. And we got into the things that are not acceptable to God, right? The lust of the flesh, right? The pride of life, the lust of the eyes. Those things that are not acceptable unto God. Those things that are not holy. Those things that are of this world. Now you have to, like we saw in Romans 12, you have to present your body against those things of this world. You have to do it. You have to tell your body, no. I'm not going after the things of this world. I'm going after God. And train your body to go after God. So we talked about that. And we talked about holy being set apart for the, the purpose of God. Now you have to present your body where it's set apart for the purpose of God. That, that, again, I, I love that, right? That means you have to bring your body to a certain positions, certain areas where it is appropriate for God's use. And that means you got to make sure your body is ready to be used by God. You have to do that. That means there's got to be some other kind of practices you need to do. Right? Because now your body has to be set apart. That means certain things I'm not going to expose my body to. What are things I'm not going to expose my body to? Sin. Sin. That means I'm not going to commit the sexual sins. Right, I'm not going to commit the sins that I I presume are right. You know, sin is more than just sex. (laughs) Right, it's it's also called covetousness. Right, false witness. Right, you know, there's other sin that you commit. So I have to make sure my body is not committing sin. I have to do that because your body, again, your body is all about its own self gratification. Somebody says something to you that your body doesn't like. Your body wants to respond back to them in retaliation. But we learn, hey, those in the kingdom of heaven, we don't retaliate. We're going to bless those that curse us. We're going to pray for you that despitefully use us. See, again, you got to teach your body how to operate in the new kingdom. That, that is your reasonable service as a believer. All right? And so then we got into... <clears throat> What is actually the, the roles, individual roles in the family, uh, responsibility for the role of the body? And we talked about starting with the husbands. So let's, let's go with this in First Corinthians chapter 6 first. Because what is the purpose of this body? We talked about this last time. Let me make sure we read this passage. First Corinthians 6, purpose of your body. We know the standard of the body, but your purpose of the body. First Corinthians 6, starting in verse 12, it says, All things are lawful unto me. But all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me. But I will not be brought under the power of any. Meat for the belly. And bellies for the meat. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for fornication. But for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. So it's very clear there that your body is for the Lord. That is the purpose of your body. For the Lord. And the Lord is for the body. Right? What does it mean the Lord is for the body? The Lord is being able to help you to be able to, to maintain, to buffet this body. How is the Lord helping us <clears throat> when it comes to, to buffet and maintain this body? Verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, And you are not your own. So the body is for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. The the Holy Spirit dwells in you. The Holy Spirit is there. He's there. He's inside of you to help you, right, to bring forth discipline and buffet this body. Because he knows you can't do it on your own. Your body would dominate you. But the Lord said, i got my spirit there. Again, go back to all the teachings we had around the Spirit and giving the soul. That's why the Spirit is there. He's there to help you to conform you to the image of His dear Son. And again, the Spirit of God in you will let you know that wasn't Christ. That thought wasn't right. He'll check you, bringing down every imagination, every thought, everything. Because here's the thing about the body: your body has appetites. Your body has cravings. Your body has a voice. And it's not the voice of reason. It's the voice of satisfaction. Your body will talk to you. And it's so subtle. You've been listening to it for years. But now now you're born again all of a sudden like, no, body, no. I'm not going to do that. So that's why he says the body is not for fornication. The body is not all about self-satisfaction. Again, I understand what fornication is. We're talking about sex outside of marriage. I understand that that is the biblical term for it. But understand, it's talking about anything that talks about outside of your the body for self-satisfaction, Idolatry. That that's the body's not for that. It's not for that. You know, because some people are like, well, you know, God didn't want me to do these things. Why are He give me these urges, these sensations? That's called the body. That's called sin. It's there. That flesh is there. It's real. That's why those urges come. That's why I mean, you know you have children. You know, as, as even as, as babies or toddlers, right? You ain't got to teach them to do wrong. but It's built in. You know, they know how to talk back. You, you never taught a child to talk back, but they know how to talk back. The first letters, the first sounds they usually say. I would say, "Mama and da- Daddy," right? Is no. A child, they, they know how to say no. And They yay be come on some no, go do that no. Uh uh-uh. uh. I think about my little granddaughter and she said no. I'm like no. I mean I mean no means to me Papa getting a kissy. That's what that means when I hear no. Because I'm gonna tear your tail up. Then I get a kissy from that. You don't say no at two years old. But you but you have to teach them that it's built in. That's the flesh. Right and so but. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, in our body. He's there, in you. That means every thought, every sensation, every motivation that you say you have, the Spirit of God is there. He knows. All right, so then we we moved on. Let me me make sure I get here, right? (laughs) Because we talked about the role of the father, right? The role of the father, the husband. When it it pertains to the the responsibility when it comes to their body. And we looked at this in Ephesians (coughs) chapter 28. Let's go there. Read Ephesians chapter 28. (coughs) I'm sorry. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Let's start at verse 22. Ephesians 5 verse 22. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and as Christ, even as Christ is the head of the church, and He is a Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought man to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. And so we talked about this on last time. About how a husband as a father. A male. That is married. His role in his home is to love his wife as he loved himself. And he has to love her body as he loved himself. And then so now we got into the same thing around in Romans 12, right? About how the standard of the body is. Presented as a living sacrifice. Holy. Acceptable unto God. Your reasonable service. So when you, when you take that comparison and you look at it from, from a husband point of view, that means for, my, for me as a husband to my wife, I can't abuse her body. As a living sacrifice, I mean, first of all, it's not about me, it's about her. I'm putting her first, above me. I've got to be preeminent in all things. That means in order, for, in, order, in order for me to ask her to do some things, I need to do it first. That means I should be the one that's just sacrifice first as a husband, not her. That's a living sacrifice. And that her body is set apart. My wife's body is set apart for me, for the marriage covenant. That means it's pleasures as being married that I have with my wife, with her body. Because it's set apart for me when it comes to marriage covenant. But that does not mean I put my hands on my wife. You never put your hands on your wife. There's never a reason why a man should put his hands on his wife. You don't hit her. You don't abuse her. You don't degrade her. So we talked about that last time. She's set apart. Living sacrifice. Holy unto God. And again, it talks about... Those things that are acceptable unto God. Those things that are acceptable in God when it comes to male, I'm not going sure, to make sure that I'm not going to bring my wife into sin. There's one thing you in sin. There's no thing bringing your wife into it. I'm not going to bring my wife into sin. Right? I'm not going to be, hey, that's my reasonable service. There's some things I need to check first. I'm not going to bring her into that. So as we talk about, so as a man, I, I have to understand that this is my role in the family. It's all about obedience and service. Headship means that I'm the responsible one, right? I'm responsible. I'm not running things. Again, Christ is the head of me as a male in my home, but I'm responsible. Right? And so we talked about that last time. And then so today I want to make sure we got to, we got to do some balancing that goes on, right? So today we're going to deal with the women, the role of the women, or the role of the wife in the family union. What is the responsibility of the wife when it comes to the role of the body? Because again, last week we talked about, and I, and I like these things, these, t- these conversations, right? Because when it comes to husband and wife, you know, there's really two arguments you have, money and sex. Those are the two, when it comes to husband and wife. Right? When you're unmarried, that's all you can think about. You want to get married because you want to have sex, but you don't even, you don't even understand. The conversations are around money and sex. Argument. Argument on arguments, right? Things that you discuss. Either somebody's spending too much money that we don't have, or, or we're trying to do a budget, or we're trying to get some things, you know, money. Or sexually, somebody's not doing it. We're not having sex. Tell married couples. You unmarried folks, it ain't for you. That's not your season. And again, I know you think all marriage is a sex. Is where you get married. You realize it. marriage is is way more than some sexual act. But it plays its part. So anyway, we talked about last time when it comes to the husband and that how he needs to drink from his own cistern. In order to drink from something, that means you got to put it in, right? Drink from your own sister. I mean. Husband, you got to make sure your eye is towards your wife. Your heart is towards your wife. It talks about you need to rejoice with the wife of your youth. Again, we're talking about the sexual activity. As a husband, I've got to rejoice with the wife of my, uh, of my youth. I've got to rejoice with her. It says, let her breast satisfy me at all times. Her breast is part of her body. That means the, my wife's body needs to satisfy me as a husband at all times. Not nobody else's body. So now we we switch over and we do the balancing and now we hit to the the wife. So in the same passage of scriptures in Ephesians, chapter 5, with a different context, starting at verse 22 again, we say, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Right? So that means wives, you have a responsibility to submit. And like this. you got to submit yourself. Right? Again, going back to that standard of the body, that is your reasonable service. That is your living sacrifice. That's holy and acceptable unto God. The first thing as, why, you, you, as, a, as your living sacrifice is submit yourselves unto your husbands. You have to submit. Your husband cannot make you submit. Submission is a, a way of yielding yourself. You're going to yield yourself in the marriage covenant for the, for the sake of the home. That's what you said when you said, I do. At that at the wedding ceremony. That's what it was all about. You saying I will submit myself. I will yield myself. For the purpose of this home. And I'm going to yield myself to my husband. And I like this, right? It says, why submit yourselves unto your own husbands? It didn't say submit yourself to your children. Because I don't know what it is when when you married and you got children, all of a sudden it seems like the wives all they care about is make sure the children's okay. But you got your responsibility towards your husband It's your you and your husband's responsibility to, when it comes to your children. And all of a sudden the children takes priority over your marriage, and that's when we run into issues. Again, that's when we run into issues around money, run into issues around sex, and you start treating the, the husband as he's one of the children. Well, you should stop acting like that. See, here we go. I didn't never say that. Whether your husband act like a child or not, you need to submit to him. I don't think you heard me wise. I, I understand. Whether your husband act like a child or not, you still, you're responsible still to submit to him. Why? Because you said I do. You know, hey, you should have heard the marriage counselor that we get premarital counsel we gave all the time. It was, it was in, the, it was in the teaching. He, all you saw was he was fine, he had a nice little six pack, you know, he had his muscles, he had a deep voice, you know, he had a, a job that you looked like on the outside. He, all, all, that's all you saw. Again, that's the body. All you saw was the body, the self satisfaction. But now, Mary's hit, and now you don't want to submit. That's why it's called covenant. You know, it's interesting. When you're in covenant, you know what covenant is about? Covenant is about you. You're doing your part. Covenant is not saying if he does his part, then I'll do mine. No, covenant is that you agree to do your part. Regardless if he doesn't do his. See, we, again, we, I know the ladies were happy last week, but we told the man the same thing. My love for my wife has nothing to do with how she treats me. I don't love my wife based on how she treats me. Well, she ain't lovely, so I'm not treat- No. I don't render evil for evil. So why is the same thing. Hey, wh- your husband is who he is and that's who you married and you said, I do. You know, we're in a whole different era when it comes to marriage, right? In other words, back in the day it was called shotgun marriage. Ain't no shotgun marriage no more. Nobody forced you to say nothing. Women. You stood right there next to him, looked in his eyes and said, I do. Then a honeymoon happened. You thought that was marriage, and then marriage happened. Now you mumbling on your breath every time you say, get your bro tail out. He ain't got no. J- I mean, you just mum, mum, mumble, 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 mumble. He's like, what you said?" mumble He see you on your phone texting, you smile, and you know, like, "Oh." Then you, then the husband asks, "Who are you texting?" You just give him a look like, "No, he just didn't say nothing to me." Then you go back texting. I'm like, "Wow." See, that's what I mean. That's not submission. You got to yield yourself. And here's the thing. Hey, I'm gonna tell you something. In submission. Some things is amazing. Submission is is in this context, right? Look at this in First Peter three. Let me just let me just read this. First Peter chapter three. Because again, I you know, I want the word to speak to you. This ain't about me. because Everybody thinks, oh, you just saying, you... I'm just giving you the standard of God. Here's what it's missing about women. 1 Peter 3. Starting in verse number 1. It says, likewise. 1 Peter 3 and 1. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by your conversation of the wise. Let me read it again. Likewise you wise. Be in subjection unto your own husbands. That if any obey not the word. That means your husband is not obeying the word. He is not applying the word of God. That you. That has a word. Can win him over with your conversation. With your words. It's talking about more of your words. Your conduct. Your mode of operation. He to see Christ in you. Even though he is not obeying the word. As a wife, that's what you signed up for. Regardless of what he's doing. And again, this balancing again in that, right? you know, Like I said before, he shouldn't put his hands on you. We're not talking about an abusive relationship. That's a whole different conversation. Don't get silly. We're not talking about, about a man being abusive to you and you need to submit to that. No, you need to get away. Uh, if your husband is abusing you, you need to get shelter for you and your family. We don't teach that here. Don't get silly with this balance. But we ain't talking about abuse We're talking about just marriage. The marriage things that happen. You know, like he leaves his clothes on the floor. He comes home and takes off his clothes and leave it there. And he look at you like, You going to pick that up? And you look at him like, I ain't your mama. And then here we go. Yeah, you showing sure my mama. You don't cook like her either. Oh, no, you ain't talking about my cooking. I mean, it, means, it means just rolls. need you submit to your own husband. Verse 2, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that of the outward adorning, a plaiting of hair, and a wearing of gold, or putting on apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of the meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, of a great price. Wives, you need to have a meek and quiet spirit. That means it's, it's times, wives, that you just don't need to say anything. Now, there's times you need to speak, too, now. But it's times you don't need to say anything. And meek's talking about restraint. Meekness. You've got to restrain yourself. Again, we're talking about the, the body, because we don't get what we're talking about. We talk, we're talking about your body. Because I'm going to tell you, your body wants self-satisfaction. And I'm going to tell you, it's nothing like a husband and wife. A, a wife can, I'm going to tell you, a wife can, can press the husband's button, and vice versa, a husband knows he can press his wife's button. And we ain't talking about it in a good way. We're talking about setting it off. You know what buttons to press. But that means you've got to have a meek and a quiet spirit. You still should be lovely. You know, whatever pet name you call him, babe, hun, whatever it is, still use it. And don't treat him like one of the children. That's not submission. And like he said, having this meek and quiet spirit, it says, in the sight of who God is a great price. God is watching you in your marriage relationship. Why? Because marriage are ordained by God. Here's the thing I think people don't get. When you stand before the living God at the end of all your days, you're going to give an account for every deed you've done in your flesh. God's going to ask you about your marriage. The vow that you took, the vow that you said, God's going to ask. You've got to give an account for your marriage. And when you give it a call, it's going to be like, well, God, he. And God, like, well, let's roll the tape. Let's roll the recording. You tell me all the stuff he did. Let's roll it to show you everything that was already in place to teach you, to prepare you, but you didn't see any of that. And then you got into it. Now you're blaming him. No, it's you. You have to make the change. Your chaste conversation can win your husband. Oh, that sounds like work. Exactly. That's marriage. Put in the work. You signed up for it. Why Submit. Subject yourself. Yield. Verse 5. For after this manner the old time, I'm sorry, after this manner, in the old time, the holy women, also who trusted in God, ordained themselves being subjected to their own husband. I love he said the holy women of old time. You know, I'm hey, I'm blessed and highly favored. But are you the holy women? Because the holy women old time, they trusted in God. Right? And in a trust in God, they were able to adorn themselves and submit themselves to their own husbands. That's your responsibility. Why? You trust in God, but you submit yourself to your own husbands. I mean, submit. Subjection. And again, what subjection looks like? Here's on getting verse six. I love this verse, right? Verse six says, give, "Now he's giving an example of the holy women, right? Verse six, even as Sarah, this old word, obeyed. All you women out to say, obey. Uh, Sarah obeyed who? Her husband, Abraham. You know, women at home, right? Say, I'm gonna obey my husband. I know you don't want to say it. I, I know. I understand. Sarah obeyed her husband. You are to obey your husband. He ain't, he ain't my dad. here we go. Sarah obeyed. And you can look at that in the Greek Hebrew, and all you want to obey its still obey. Well it doesn't really mean he, she obeyed. She obeyed her husband. Guess what how she obeyed? She called him Lord. That's what submission is all about. She called him Lord. What you mean, Lord? He is the Lord of his own, and as a wife, you submit under his lordship. All right? Don't turn me off now. I understand. I got it. You understand? That's what you signed up for when you got married. Yes, you signed up to submit to your own husbands in his home, as he is Lord of his home. Did we say he was the Lord? Of course not. He is not Christ. He's not Almighty. He's not deity, but in his home he's Lord. And you are there to submit. Obey. Well, I'm not his maid. I'm his wife. Exactly. See, I'm saying you, you, you got a wrong perception of obedience. I'm gonna do it every. I ain't gonna do everything he said tell me to do. You, you don't lost it. You don't lost it. Obey. See now that body starts talking. That body's rousing up now, like uh, I, I ain't obeying him. Sarah obeyed, the holy women obey. Remember, this is your reasonable service. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. You present your body, that's what you gotta do as as in the marriage women. Why? You can present your bodies, then you can obey your husbands. You have to obey them. Now when he tells you stop spending money, guess what? Stop. The, I don't know, there's something about spending money when it comes to women. I, I, I'm just, you know. I hate to generalize things, but I, I'm going to generalize it so it is what it is. Right? When you tell women to stop spending money, it, it's like you just hit them. I mean, like you physically put the hands on them. Right? Because then, once you said stop spending money, all they heard was, I'm never going to spend any money ever again. No, it's just a certain time. I just need you to stop. Don't spend the money. Oh, here's, here's the good one, right? Don't use the credit card. Please, don't, don't don't use a card. But I saw something I wanted. Okay, go. I hear you. You saw something you like. That's, that's great. Don't use the credit card. Why well, don't have enough cash? Well, guess what, baby? If you don't have enough cash to get that means, well, guess what? You can't get it. Because you don't have enough cash, that means you've got to substitute the cash with the credit card and get what you want. No. I don't have cash on me. It is what it is. This will be okay. Stop. You missed it. Stop. So the husband lets you know, stop spending money. Why? Because the husband has direction for the home. God has given him direction for his home. He's trying to get his home established. For the future. And you are usurping that authority by spending money that shouldn't be spent at that time. Uh, you need to submit to your husband. The husband don't submit to you. The husband submitting to his wife, that's called an abomination. She's not submitting to you. You don't rule him. Tell him what to do. No. You submit to him. But Sarah obeyed. Abraham, calling him Lord. Because he is Lord in his home. In Proverbs, this talks about how wives tear down their own house with their own hands. That's what you're doing. When you don't submit and obey your husband, you are now tearing down your home with your own hands. And your children are watching you do it. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> the children know who wear the pants in the house. The children know if mama read a things or if daddy runs things. thing, children don't. They're like, okay, I can ask Dad, but I, if I really want I better go ask Mama, because Mama running things. Brothers, get your pants back. Yeah. I understand, man. I understand. But you said I do, too. All you saw was she was fine. She had a nice bang, bang, whatever the bang, bang fit in with you have. Right? And now she's banging you at the house, because you ain't... She looking, you going to sit down. Don't say nothing. You want the children. You got a little table over there, you eating with the children. <laughs> See, I'll tell you that. Stand up, brothers. Like I said, get a get a spine, get a the stand up straight. Stand up, tell your wife no. I mean you may say no and start ducking, you know, because you may throw something, but you know, hey, just, just say no. Like children, they like oh, get ready to hit them. Say no. And it'll go off, mum, 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 mum. And then here's the thing, too, you know, going back to this, you know, the sex thing, right? We're going to read it in a minute. Women don't manipulate your husband with sex. In other words, don't use sex to get what you want. And don't use sex to punish your husband. I, I, did I say women? I'm sorry. Wives. I shouldn't say women. Wives. Because you unmarried folks, sex is not even part of the conversation. There's no manipulation there. But wives, do not manipulate your husbands with sex. In other words, oh, he was good today, so he can get a little something. Or he wasn't good today, so you better not even touch me. That's manipulation. See, wives, understand this. When you said I do, sex was part of your reasonable service. When it comes to marriage, it's your marital duty. You heard that right, right? Duty, it is. It's your marital duty. Don't use it to manipulate. That's called Jezebel. She manipulated her husband to get what she wanted. You know, Jezebel was married to the king. Ahab. He may have been the king, but they said Jezebel turned his neck, right? She was the one who showed him what to do. See, that's what I mean. It's all out of order in your home. When you have women, wives, that are manipulating their husbands. And I'm gonna tell you, you know, it's amazing me, you know. Women can lay it on. I mean, they can be sweet, you know, they can be sweet when they want to be. It's all I mean, hey, when they want something, oh my goodness. It's the all like some of the sugar and spice and everything, all that sugar and spice comes out when they want something. I mean the whole voice change, it gets so soft. Oh my goodness. Lay it on you, they know they know again, they know how to touch you in a certain way. And then here comes the punchline, right? Oh, baby, can I get. I'm looking at this. You know, it's so sweet. And then you're like, no. Right? Then it's Jekyll and Hyde, right? <laughs> See, that's why I can't... Uh, I'm like, oh, here we go. The head and the, the body showed up. But I thought the Holy Spirit... Sh- and I'm telling I know if you're born again the Holy Spirit, like, don't, don't. And as a, as a husband, I, I've learned these things over years. The Bible talks about in Proverbs a kind word, a soft word, turns away wrath. I don't even respond to that. I don't respond to your flesh, because me as a husband, you know my responsibility is love you, love your uh, wife's body as I love my own. I don't, I don't, I don't deal with your flesh. You deal with your flesh. So all that head bobbing, all that shaking, all that attitude, and on the hip, and I, hey, that's when I just stay firm. No. So don't manipulate really your husband with sex. Again, Sarah called her husband Lord. Treat him as Lord in his home. Look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Because again, sex is an interesting component of marriage. 1 Corinthians 7. Look at this where it says Again, talk about your body. 1 Corinthians 7 starting in verse number 1. It says, Now concerning things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Verse 3. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. So, verse 3 says, Let the husband render. The word render means provide or give. What is old or what is due? We just said they don't owe you nothing. You understand what that means, right? What is old to a wife is based on her being your wife. You missed that, right? In other words, once I, once I said I do, now she's owed everything. It's not based on what she did. It's based on that one time we were, we're at the wedding ceremony when she says I do. Now, once my wife says I do, that I will, will you know, do the vows. She says I do to the vows. Now she's owed everything. And when a husband said I do, now he's owed everything. It's not based on how he acts after that, it's based on you are in covenant in marriage. So that means in my covenant marriage relationship, there are marital duties I need to do. And it's and it's owed to my wife. She's earned it. She said I do. That's why you be careful when you say I do too. <laughs> Cuz now they have a right to things because you are in that covenant. So now i got to render my wife due benevolence. Benevolence is talking about affections. Obviously people talk about benevolence, talk about respect. There's respect in there as well, but it's the affections. There's certain affections that I owe my wife, regardless of how she treats me. There's certain affections my wife owes me, regardless of what I do, because we are in marriage. In other words, she don't do it because she wants something. Or I do it because I want something. I do because she's my wife. She does because I'm her husband. Verse 4. So the wife have not power of her own body. The wife had not power of her own body. But the husband. And likewise, also the husband have not power of his own body. But the wife. So that means the authority over your body now belongs to your wife. That's what you've given over to him when you say, I do. And when he's talking about here the authority over your body when it comes to the wife, now he has a right for pleasures. And that pleasures are talking about sex. He has a right to it. Here's the thing. Your husband shouldn't even have to ask you about sex. I know I lost some of y'all in. He has a right to it. Not, it's part of your marriage du- marital duty. You should are providing him sex. I understand. Oh, that just sounds like it's. I mean, sorry. Some of me y'all making love. You know, we're going to dress it up. You know, intimacy, even though intimacy is not sex. But anyway, whatever yeah, Whatever you want to dress up, I know this sex sounds. Uh, I'm just going to get him sex. I understand. Because women, you know, I understand. But the bottom line is sex, the end result of it is sex. After all the foreplay, he getting sex. right? That is your benevolence. That, that's your power is not your own. That, that's what he is dude. Sex. And the husband, likewise, also the husband has not power of his own body, but the wife. So that means the husband, he needs to make sure that he is providing sex for his wife. Again, usually it's not the case. Use the other way around, but it is what it is. So what does that mean? What if I'm too tired? What if I work? I understand. Uh, You work hard. I got these shields and all that. I I got you. I understand. What does that mean? What if I'm too tired to have sex? Here's the thing. Again, going back to this body. But are are you too tired to go shopping? See, I'm wrong for that, right? Are you too tired to spend money? I'm talking to the ladies. It's amazing how you're always too tired for stuff that you don't want to do. But you know, we can we can muster up some energy for stuff we want to do. Hell your business. That means you need if you too if it's too tired, hey, strategize. Set aside time. Let me help. Pace yourself. Because this is your aim. this is your reasonable service. That's why you has got a living sacrifice pace yourself. Because if your husband all the time he asks you about sex, you're too tired. You had a long day. And the old, you know, old school is in. I got a headache. Now, headache can't stop you from doing nothing else. You don't shop till the drop, but all of a sudden, sex, oh, I got a headache. And you come in with bags. And you, know, you can barely grab them in. Or some or an Amazon truck coming by with stuff packed and all that. But you, and you was on that line shopping. But now I got I got a headache. I don't feel good. me like, really? What's wrong with this picture? That that is your reasonable service. Verse, verse five: Defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent of a time. Defraud. That means both y'all should not defry, the, deprive each other of sex, unless it's consent. You know what consent means? Both agree to it. That means the husband and the wife agree that we're not having sex at this time and that we may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. Oh, that's amazing. Spending time with the Lord. Then they come up being too tired. Spend time with the Lord. We both consent to that. Time of prayer and fast and come together again that Satan tempt you not because of your inconsistency, meaning your lack of control. Again, your body has appetites. And the, the more you deprive your body of appetite, it's going to look for the appetite somewhere else, because the body wants to fulfill those appetites. So as a wife, you need to make sure you're doing your marital duties. That's what you signed up for. Sex is part of your reasonable service as a wife. Your reasonable service. Make it do what it do. And again, what you do in your bedroom is you know that's a whole different conversation. But you got to get in the bedroom and do something. Or wherever you're doing it at. you got to go do it. Nothing like talking about it but ain't doing nothing. Go do it. And he shouldn't have to ask. It's your reasonable service. You should have lined it up for him. Because he's your husband. That's called calling him Lord. That's called subjection. That's the role of the body for the wife. That's how come he can be satisfied all the days of his life with you. It's like he's putting in for you in the marriage. You've got to put in for him in the marriage. Like the brother talked about before when he ministered these things around spirit. It's all about obedience and service. And everybody has their part to do when it comes to obedience and service.